Behold, behold, behold the pale podcast. I don't have to tell you things are bad. Everybody knows things are bad. It's a depression. Everybody's out of work or scared of losing their job. The dollar buys a nickel's worth. Banks are going bust. Shopkeepers keep a gun under the counter. Punks are running wild in the street. There's nobody anywhere who seems to know what to do and there's no end to it. We know the air is unfit to breathe and our food is unfit to eat. We sit watching our TVs while some local newscaster tells us that today we had 15 homicides and 63 violent crimes as if that's the way it's supposed to be. We know things are bad, worse than bad. They're crazy. It's like everything everywhere is going crazy so we don't go out anymore. We sit in the house and slowly the world we're living in is getting smaller and all we say is please at least leave us alone in our living rooms. Let me have my toaster and my TV and my steel belted radios and I won't say anything. Just leave us alone. Well, I'm not going to leave you alone. I want you to get mad. I don't want you to protest, I don't want you to ride, I don't want you to write to your congressman because I wouldn't know what to tell you to write. I don't know what to do about the depression and the inflation and the crime in the street. All I know is that first, you've got to get mad. You've got to say, I'm a human being. God damn it. My life has value. My life has value. My life has value. Behold the Pale Podcast. All right, folks, welcome back to another uh, solo episode of Behold, 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 a Bear Podcast. If Alex was here, he would go. <laughs> but he's not here, so I just done it for him. It's uh, Maddie uh, with Buddy Butterfuco lurking in the darkness over there behind the soundboards uh, doing a big. But, uh, you know, we're tapping into another Maddie and the Manson episode this evening here, which uh, uh, this one's the good old Charlie in the Box interview from 1992, uh, hosted by uh, Michael Ben Horan doing the interview and skills on this one. Uh, you know, 92, we're getting into a place where Charlie's really full-blown madness, which is always great, always a good time for everybody involved. Unless you're dying, I guess. You know what I mean? Um, but other than that, entertainment uh, beyond beyond entertainment. Uh, the new level of entertainment brought to you by Charlie. But yeah, we're about to crack into this. And uh, it's always a pleasure spending some time with Charlie, I guess. Morning, Charlie. Hey, you. Hi, hi. How are you today? Good. How are you? Did Billy run out questions? You've been in prison for 22 years. What name can you give to that inner whisper inside of you? What keeps you going after so many years? Swat sticker on the forehead arrow, Charlie, right here. Because I say more in 
emotion and I Michelle's mind's already torn up like scrambled eggs at this point from that just opening, that opening line from Charlie. What is that inner bit of yours, so-called, that makes you you? That special thing everyone makes of you, writes of you. Life. Can you explain me what you mean by it? Life. Energy, man. A, a long time ago, I started to play music. I still play it in my mind. They took my music away, but they didn't take my soul away. They haven't taken my soul. You can't take my soul. What is it about you which yeah. makes you an unbroken spirit? All spirits are the same. You can't break the spirit. Super sinister Charlie smile went along with that line, which uh, nails it home, you know what I mean? He, Charlie got the, the smile of the devil sometimes, you know what I mean? Why is it that you became such a legend? I'm a perfect servant. Sure. I serve you perfect, and then you say I'm, I'm wrong. I wouldn't say you're wrong, but who does, Charlie? The poor board keeps telling me that I'm wrong because I, I can't fix their world for them. They keep wanting me to fix their world in handcuffs. Heaviness. And then they say I'm wrong. I read a book about you by Newell Emmons, in which he describes your childhood as a very painful ordeal. Do you think that you became a victim of that childhood? Here comes the pain. Emmons wrote a book about Emmons, and he put Manson on it. And then the next book he wrote, he wrote about Manson and put Emmons on it. And there was, he wrote his book first and said it was my book. And then he took what I said and put it in his book and said it was his book. That way he, he milked you people for two books. He, he cheated you out of two books. I mean, uh, Evers is a good, he's a crook. He's a, he's a good crook. He made a lot of money. Was he right in how he describes your childhood? He was right in parts, in little bits and pieces. He gathered up information from different places. Charlie says all the bad stuff was right. All the good stuff was wrong. Uh, but uh, that wasn't difficult to do. If not for that tragic childhood, do you think that your life might have been a different story altogether? No. How, how would that be any different? I might have ended up in somebody else. I may have been Babe Ruth. <laughs> I mean, you know, how are you going to say what may have, you know? That's like some stupid doctor come by and say, do you wish they would have killed you rather than put you in a cell? I wouldn't mind have met Charlie Manson uh, that was like selling TVs or something like that, you know, kind of makes you wonder if uh, if he was to be normal Charlie Manson, do you think he would have became like a, like a musician that people know by name? Or do you think that that madness within Charlie is the madness that helped him with his, you know, musical creativity, if you will? Uh, very interesting stuff. I said, what makes a cell bad to you? You can't stand yourself, so you don't like a cell. I don't mind a cell. My best friend's in there. You know, I like the cell. The cell's okay. I got peace in there. I, got, I can take my own time to do what I want. And he said, well, you're crazy. You like a prison cell. What do you do in your cell? Other than beating off your dick, of course. Play with myself. Exactly. And I do what I feel like I want to do. How do you feel, Charlie, about going up for Paul? Uh, I don't know whether 
out there, I want to throw out there too. Why would I want to go out there? I mean, what do they got out there that I want? I believe he did attempt parole for a few years, a few attempts, a few tries. I don't know how often you're allowed to do it. Uh, I think it's every couple of years. I don't know. I don't, know. don't quote me on that one. But I remember he tried. He was trying for a little bit, I think, and then he just gave up completely. You know, the thing with Charlie is, like, they were never going to let him out. Even if evidence came forward proving that he had nothing to do with anything, you know what I mean? He still stayed in jail. He's too – he's harmful uh, to, to the wrong people, dude. He could twist up minds, you know, as he did. Uh, he definitely could have done that again. And uh, more people, I feel, uh, and probably a bigger, you know, as he said in certain quotes where, like, uh, you know, there'd be nobody left if he could get what he wanted type stuff. He probably would attempt, and he, he, you know, he was cult, Charlie's cult, cult status, cult leader, the whole deal. Um, he definitely wouldn't have just, like, disappeared. It'd be interesting, you know, be, there's a lot of, like, different ways you could look at the Charlie situation and what would have been, you know what I mean? Like, if he was let, let out of prison, he could have gone in the direction of doing something wild, or he could have just been like, well, I'm lucky they let me out, so I'm going to run. I'm going to be this, like, God figure in my cult, you know what I mean, in the Manson family, which would be gigantor. They'd be going, it'd be like Jonestown again. It'd be a gigantor amount of people I feel would link up. Um, he could be, he'd be an author, you know what I mean, probably sell a lot of books. You know, L. Ron Hubbard, creator of, you know, Scientology there. You know, gigantor book sales because you know everybody buys his books from the from the quote unquote cult. You know, as as Charlie is known to roll with those folks, the cult folks. You know what I mean? But yeah, for, for, for sure, be very interesting to see what would have came about if 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 Charlie's life went in different directions because he's definitely a motivated person. You can say he's not a motivated person to 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 get or like a twisted people person type deal, you know what I mean? A motivator uh, to be able to make those people, get those people to do what they did. Um, you know, you, you're not just some bum off the street doing that stuff. You know what I mean? You got to kind of know what, know what you're working with. Every time I want to get me in trouble, I say it's all my fault. You know, and then, you know, and they make me to be a, what they need me to be. I'm tired of being what someone else wants me to be. Who is the real Charles Manson then? Uh, who am I? That's, that's, that's a good, that's a beautiful question, man. Who is Charles Manson? He's a, you know, he's everybody and nobody. Tell me about your special characteristics. She went right over that. She knew she wasn't getting a real answer out of that. She'll just take he's everybody and nobody and be content with that answer. Malaysia. If you take this to Malaysia, all right. Now, Charlie, he took stands like a grasshopper, ready to pounce and kill its prey, and uh, you know, bend to the knees, fully, you know, in frame of the camera. Now he knows he's acting; he's showing off. Um, he's almost doing a kung fu type. Uh, stuff you know what i mean and the faces come out uh his probably his best weapon of those faces 
And uh, those faces are so good that I, I assume they were heavy in the influence of his brainwashing. Um, if he were to put, you know, these people were supposedly on LSD a lot and stuff like that. You know, it's one of those cases where he didn't take it supposedly, but he fed it to them and then would kind of feed them, you know what I mean? Uh, what he wanted them to do. And these faces are so sinister and crazy and weird. And one moment they're evil, one moment they're uh, loving, you know what I mean? That it's a guy I feel like, and he's so good at it. You know what I mean? I feel like that definitely played a part where he'd probably get them all drugged out and give them the faces and be like, we're going to, who are we going to talk to today? And he'd just roam through the faces and, you know, whoever he wanted, <clears throat> whoever he, he wanted to do whatever to, he would uh, address him that way, probably saying, well, this is what this is what I think you got to do. From Malaysia. Uh, this looks around the time that he got burnt up. Um, if I remember correctly, there was some inmates that lit him on fire i don't know what the exact reasoning for it is you know he could be too popular in there you don't like that um but this looks around the time that he got burnt up um like yeah it is him knowing that he's in there for the long haul and uh it ain't no good on the inside i don't think he was a king like he always claimed to kind of be running in there and shit and uh you know high respect and such. And I bet he was thought of as entertaining. Um, I'm sure he maybe possibly people liked him enough to say he can't eat, no one kill him. But uh, yeah, I don't think he ran shit. You know what I mean? But who's to say? See my face is on the wall. See how many different people how many elephants I am. You see, this is insanity. Some insanity, right? So he's probably going to follow it up with something uh, groundbreakingly like deep, you know what I mean? To make you really How many tigers? I'm asking you what you, rather than others, can say about it. About you. You is a word. You know, his story hasn't really changed, you know, about his whole youth, about what, you know, his his involvement and what happened and what he was accused of really hasn't changed since day one, which is, you know, I guess you got to take that into consideration a little bit. Do you feel that an injustice was done to you? What was that? Injustice. Injustice. I love how he always laughs at justice because it's such a joke to him and it's a mockery. And I guess you could say that a kind of the justice system kind of failed him personally. Um, I guess for the greater good of supposed mankind is why he's in there, but. Yeah, they, the justice system definitely failed Charlie for sure because he he really went to jail for all that, died in prison because he told somebody 
to do something and he did it, which is very weird. And I'm not condoning any of it, but it's a very weird deal. You know, that's always fascinating. The fact that he was looked at as such that, that much of a bad guy, which he was, but he, that much of a bad guy with an influence that he had to be locked up. He cannot be in the public. You know what I mean? It'd be interesting to see how, if, you know, the days of where everybody got cell phones in prison, supposedly, and such like that, and, and, and with social media, um, if somebody could just get on there and kind of, if, if Charlie could have got on something like that, um, and he probably could have, if there was anybody hip to it, because even if a phone got confiscated, there's other phones he could just kind of roam around, and uh, he, he could do like Sunday his Sunday uh, preachings or something online for people, but then they'd catch him because it'd be every Sunday. Justice is a word that people use, but they don't have much meaning in the word. They use it when it, when it does them good, when it does something for them to use it, but when it does something for me, it turns around the other way. In other words, uh, you got rights until it comes to something somebody else wants, and then they take your rights. And, and then when they take when they take your rights, then they tell you, "Would you appeal it?" Do you feel as though your rights were taken away from you? Well, certainly my rights were taken. Do you truly believe that this was one ordeal of a big injustice called how we crucified Manson? Yeah, no, justice is a two-edged thing, you know. Uh, how are you going to say justice one way and not say justice the other way? I mean, let me say this to you. You got a Hindu word that they use in, in, in Hinduism, karma, the will, the balance of will in God. Is it an individual thing or is it a family thing or collective thing or does it get off into the world? You see, in other words, like you have individual karma that people judge the world karma by. They put the world karma down on me, judge me and say, I'm responsible for the generation of the 60s. You're in prison for 22 years already. Do you feel that you should still be here? No, no, absolutely not. So Charlie never thought he should have been there to begin with. So that's kind of a dumb question. 22 years, do you think you should still be here? Charlie, I'm so, he's probably about to pop into some never should have been here to begin with type stuff. But uh, 22 years, that's why he's definitely looking. He's looking. That 22 years is definitely on his face for sure. Are they holding on to you with no just reason? Is that what's going on? Sure, they're holding on to me. They're all scared to death. Without me, they'd go crazy. I'm holding all their minds. I'm You remember the story about the fool on the hill? Everybody used to go by and make jokes at him and crack fun at him and get off on him all the time. And then pretty soon they looked up and he was gone and the whole place burned down. Everybody went crazy because he was holding their minds. They're weak. They're weak in their minds. They're like chickens. They got to have somebody to pick on all the time. And when they don't have someone to pick on or pick on, you know, and then they, you know, they look around and they're going to flex their muscles. You know, where's the mirror at? You know, they got to have the mirror, you know. There will never be another Charlie Manson. You know what I mean? That's a good thing. It, It just, what he was, to watch him, if someone does it now, they're copying Charlie. He was in a, the original crazy, wacko, 
cult leader madman that would be complete insane one second and then the next second say something that makes very rational sense to something that you might never have thought about before but can definitely relate to. A very interesting character for sure. What do you think would happen in this coming parole date? Uh, what do I think will happen in my parole date? What are you going to tell me? I don't think I'm going to tell them anything. Uh, 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 I, don't, I don't see any use for it. I want to look here. Let me try to communicate this. Every one of you people that walk out on that street, you take your rights for granted. You walk up and down the highway and you park your cars and you live your life according to your checkbooks and your accounts and your banks and so on. And one little guy like me that don't read and write too well loses his rights down there in the basement. You don't really don't care about that. You don't care if I'm down in solitary confinement or if I got my teeth knocked out or whether I got burned up or whether I'm whatever. You don't really care. All you care about is your own individual rights. But when you take my rights, it's just a matter of time so someone folds yours down. Why do you think it is that your rights were taken away from me? I didn't get a trial, woman. I didn't get to call one witness. I didn't get one day of a defense in a courtroom. Not one day of a defense in a courtroom. I didn't get to call one witness. You know why I didn't get to call a witness? And I'll tell you this, you're not going to understand it. some real shit that's heavy uh that interviewer is probably you know michelle's wondering what's going on right about now when they paid the woman to lie on the witness stand italian catholic church seeing that they were lying in the district attorney's office i was tried i was tried by vincent buriosi an Italian Catholic. Yes, I know. And 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 Stubitz was a Polish Jew. And the Polish Jew and the Italian Catholic changed seats in Rome. And and Rambo made fifty billion dollars off my doom buggy. And just came back from France with my pants again. Homeboy's a poet and he don't know it. You see, in other words, like, you haven't given me my rights. What is it about you that made the authorities do all that to you? You're terrible? I'm bad. And you may see me as a nice guy because you're a nice guy, you know. And you may see me as, as what you think is okay, but I'm not really okay. I'm nasty. I'm really mean. 
and I can't, I can't, I can't lay it. I can't lay it in your ass because I can't get to you. <laughs> you know, I, I'm not out. <laughs> I'm not out there with you enough for you to get to see me to know me. You can't see me in a, in a minute. You can't look at me in an hour, man. You know, oh, hell, I'm locked up in prison for uh, nine counts of mass murder, so I must be no good somewhere. I'm terrible. I tell you, lady, I'm terrible. You know, these people have got me in irons. Why do you think they got me in irons? Why do you think they put me up against the wall and back up? <laughs> Charlie just stood up real quick and pulled out an uh, invisible gun and went bang. Now, there's stuff like that that, I, you know, it keeps everybody on their toes within that room. Her um, interviewing any security that's by which there is any camera crew that when they see Charlie just jump up like that, and he did that a lot. And I think that was for, to take control of the room, the situation, know the, the power. Cause if you're freaking somebody out or making somebody be, you know, stand guard, they know that they, they're standing guard because they don't have the upper hand in the situation. You know what I mean? So that's the, another little way that he would kind of, you know, be Charlie. <laughs> You know, convicted of conspiracy, you yourself didn't murder anyone. No one ever said anything about conspiracy. I'm convicted for murder. And playing a pinball machine. As far as I know, you're here for conspiracy to commit murder. Well, if that's what I'm here for, they should have let me about uh, 14 years ago because uh, conspiracy only carries so much seven years. Wait a minute. That man sits on, on, the, on the Bible, on the rule book, on the court, on the regulations, on the sergeant, on the lieutenants, on the army, on the Air Force, the Navy, the courtroom, and my grandfather's grave is right down the hallway. And I know I didn't break the law. And sooner or later, he's going to say, Charlie didn't get his rights. And somebody else is going to say, Charlie didn't get his rights. And... So right there, I think he's taking ownership over it because they fucked with him and they thought they were trying to be Charlie. So he had to burn them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Burn them up, heavy shit. They'll continue to burn Universal Studios now. After 22 years in prison, what can you say about all the prisons you've been in? I don't know. That's a waste. That's become a waste of time to even think about something that insane. You know, I don't think about that that much. I just put it, I keep putting it behind me, you know. I just keep putting it behind me, putting it behind me, hopes that it will take a deal with itself. I don't want to judge it. I What's happening in the courtroom? When I was in the courtroom, the district attorney was fighting with words. I was fighting with what I knew on the level I was on. 
attorney, the district attorney fought his case with words. It wouldn't give me no defense. I fought my case with motions. As he does uh, karate, you know, by himself. So I'm just painting a picture of Charles Fial out there. As I talk to you, I speak emotions to your soul on a subliminal level. Believe it. In other words, I live in a subconscious world because all my life I lived in jail looking out. So I live inside looking out. You live outside looking in. I live in the subconscious. I understand the infinite consciousness. Now, the DA's fighting his case. It's quite possible when you die, you're greeted by Charlie. The district attorney is fighting his case. I'm still fighting mine. I want my rights in a courtroom. My father set a courtroom in that battlefield in Germany. I got a tear doctor in World War I. My father went to World War II. My grandfather went to World War I. That guarantees me my constitutional rights in a court of law. Believe it. Now, some Italian from New York wants to come over, and because Roosevelt lied to his father, he wants to lie to this guy. I say, well, man, you know, do that on somebody else's time. Don't do it on mine. Because you lie on me, I'll go to the crib. I'll ring up him and bring him back and give it to you. Have you noticed the streets since you've been, since I've been arrested? I wasn't in America when you were arrested. How long have you been in the United States now? Three years. How many? Three. Three? Yeah, well, you don't know much about what I'm talking about anyway. I don't. Tell me. It's been, been quite a change. The first change, the first the first change, the first change came from here. Oh, don't start. Uh, what if you, what if you, bam, you got to smack you right in the mouth, right? <laughs> oh, jeez. She was giving Charlie lip, and Lippy, and uh, Charlie's going to slap her, he says. What a guy over here. Oh, tell me. The pimp's coming out at him. Charlie the pimp, still in there. You know, you can put uh, the pimp in prison, but you can't take the, the, the pimp out, the prisoner. Is that how it goes? It's been, been quite a change. The first change, the first, the first change, the first change came from here. Oh, don't start. Uh, uh, what if you, what if you, uh, bam, you got to smack your way your mouth right now. I would, I would, and ain't nobody in the fucking world doing the fucking thing about it except him. I smack you in your fucking mouth and make you understand what I'm saying to you, see? Because that's the only way you want to understand. You want, I knew I didn't want to do this interview with you because I knew he was going to cop this attitude on me, which, you dig what I'm saying? You cop yourself better than you want to know more than you. You don't know half of what I'm talking about. Now listen, in the barbershop, in the... Calling her a witch. You don't hear that all the time. And it's better than calling someone a bitch. I dig it that better. I understand. You want, I knew I didn't want to do this interview with you because I knew he was going to cop this attitude on me, which you dig what I'm saying? You cop this on better if you want to know more than you. You don't know half of what I'm talking about. Now listen. In the barbershop, in the penitentiary, there's a sideburn. And you'll notice that the sideburn in the last 20 years has been cut up here. You'll notice I was the first guy that started that sideburn being cut. And then when I came to jail, the cop came up and said, 
you'll do this. I said, no, I won't do that. And I didn't do it. And I kept the sideburn, and I kept the hair, and I kept the beard. And he'll tell you that 25 years ago, we was not allowed to have long hair and a beard. So you mean that the prison system changed? I put long hair and a beard on this prison system. <laughs> do you hold deep down that this interview will change public opinion of you? I'm not looking for sympathy. I don't give a fuck about the public, man. I don't give a fuck about entertaining people. I'm not- I don't give a fuck about the public, man. I don't care about entertaining people. So you mean that the prison system changed? I put long hair and a beard on this prison system. Do you hold deep down that this interview will change public opinion of you? I'm not looking for sympathy. I don't give a fuck about the public, man. I don't give a fuck about entertaining people. I'm not running for office. I don't give a fuck. It's better that you hate me. Because that way you stay further away from me. Because I really don't like people around me. I don't like people. I really don't. What? Because they're rotten. What? Word to the bone. Because they lie too much. They cheat. They hurt. What is it, do you think, that makes them so rotten? You know, why, why? I'm not a sociologist. You know, what is, is it? My job to heal and heal some world? I'm not the savior. You know? He's just Dr. Therapist Charlie Manson, MD. You know, don't, don't put, don't put save the world on me. That's what gets, that's what got me in this motherfucking insanity, man. You know, you put that motherfucking good guy on me, man. That fucking crucified motherfucking ass. And then you come around and say you don't believe in me. You know, I say, okay. Okay, if I die a hundred times in this hallway, then you say, I ain't no good. And I'm rotten. I say, okay. And I have to start all over. And every time I start all over, I start building up something. I get something up, then you come with that. You say, well, we want to do this. And you take it out and boom, stick it right up my ramen slam and tell a bunch of fucking lies on me. Start some more shit, make some more newspapers and put another one of them stupid fucking books out a lot of fucking horseshit that somebody wants to buy, you know. People want to buy that insanity. They don't want the truth. They want fear. They want violence. They want sex and drugs and guns. They want that. That's what they want. But what is it that you have that they've always wanted? Motion. I got motion and music. I've got a creative mind that's wide open to the universe. I got individual I understand there are many people who consider you a prophet. What do you preach? I'm preaching rebirth. We started the rebirth movement in 67. Who is we? The man's family? Not only out of the family, what you call the family, the red, yellow, green, gold, all the girls that uh, were singing in the, in the group. We, we had a group we called the family, you know. Uh, and uh, we sang music about getting back to earth and being reborn again. And, but everybody stole that and took it to the presidency. See, you got a lot of double dealing. See, you know how many movies people steal? They hold us in cells just so they can run and make movies about us. Selleck has been stealing me. Hanson has been stealing me. They come from England stealing me off the Crystal Palace, man. They come stealing me all over the world. They keep taking my life off. I'm going to make a movie about convicts that get mad at actors that steal their lives. And when they get out of jail, they're coming to Hollywood to look them actors up and see if we can't charge some rent. You know, I'd make that movie. Um, you, you're 
you're selling my own mind back to me, man. You're stealing my very soul. You're stealing my existence every day, man. Why are you kept in security housing? Why? All kinds of different reasons. Because they're insecure. Anything that can find an excuse to get on, see? You got a whole bunch of people around, and then everybody wants to make a decision about something, and nobody can make a decision. So I, I'm in the hallway the other day, and I let a fart. And this woman would come over with her pen and paper, and she wrote me up for a fart. You know, I said, you know, I mean, you know, gee whiz, man, I can't even fart without somebody putting on a piece of paper and giving and taking me to a disciplinary board for it. I can't get out of lockup. If I try to get out of lockup, everybody's little They all hate me because uh, I'm trying to live my own life, man. Do you have anything to say about what goes on in the world? The world is coming to an end. Believe that. Uh, unfortunately, I think I heard that before. Because they're, things. because they're insecure. Anything they can find an excuse to get on, see? You got a whole bunch of people around. And they, everybody wants to make a decision about something, and nobody can make a decision. So I, I'm in the hallway the other day, and I let a fart. And this woman would come over with her pen and paper, and she wrote me up for a fart. You know, I said, you know, I mean, you know, gee whiz, man, I can't even fart without somebody putting on a piece of paper and giving and taking me to a disciplinary board for it. I can't get out of lockup. If I try to get out of lockup, everybody's little They all hate me because uh, I'm trying to live my own life, man. Do you have anything to say about what goes on in the world? The world is coming to an end. You can't conceive it because your brain is about the size of a walnut. When you put that X on, did you associate it with Hitler? Let me see this. You made Hitler into a big person because he was your fear and you were afraid of him. Your mother was afraid of him. Wait a minute. I'm not afraid of Hitler. Hitler was a little teardrop that fell from the prison's eye. What does the X mean? You know what it is? It is an Alcatraz Indian. It's an Indian called Walks on Top. Do you have any resentment to any member of the Manson family? Do you feel they've done you harm? I don't have thoughts like that. I don't think like that. I don't resent. I don't. I don't have thoughts like that. So, I don't recall at this time, but I think there were certain times where he did <clears throat> have ill will towards certain people in the Manson family. Mainly the ones, of course, that kind of, uh, you know, did the murders and then said he, you know, got him involved with it or at least in the, in the law wise got him involved with it. Um, but I mean, it, it, I'm going to have to do a little more research on that because, uh, I'm very curious to see. Uh, I kind of, the way that he's not blaming right now is interesting. You know what I mean? Uh, but it would be the all-loving, peaceful thing to do. You've made that man tonight. <clears throat> She's showing the spider. Uh, Manson used to make uh, spiders and scorpions and I think some other stuff out of, like, toilet paper that he had in his cell. So, like, much like, you know, others, you know, Manson wasn't, I think he killed the pimp or something like that. But, like, 
So I don't really, I, I, I'm hesitant to call him a serial killer. You know what I mean? But he's definitely a big crime, true crime, folklore figure. You know what I mean? He is like a, uh, he's, he's definitely a cult leader. You know what I mean? But, uh, you know, like Gacy uh, and some, uh, some of the other folks, you know, that put some bodies behind them were legitimate serial killers you know they got into some doing art uh as well which is always kind of a weird deal when i was younger i was always like oh man it'd be really cool to have one of those gacy paintings you know what i mean but then as i get older i just go well fuck man there's gonna be some serious karma uh bad karma rolling with that some bad energy and uh maybe it isn't the best you know what i mean we're talking like if you're gonna have the if you're gonna have a painting that Gacy painted in his jail cell of him as Pogo the clown, uh, in the domain that it was created in his living space on his way to the on death row, um, waiting to die. Yeah, the, the energy must be horrendous. You know what I mean? Uh, so I wouldn't want to fuck with it. This Manson spider. I don't know. I might be able to deal with this. What do you mean to you, making these dolls? Can you tell me about it? Something to do. Uh, no, I'll tell you. Uh, I lived in Mexico City. And there was a whole bunch of nuns in Mexico City. And these nuns used to take this real thin string and make these black shawls that they wear. And uh, I used to show them how to make cigarettes disappear. And all my cigarettes, they used to be a a uh, 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 picture of a spider. And uh, I always used to identify with a spider and the, the nuns that made the little things for Jesus. So I said to cell when I was tearing a sock apart and I was thinking about them bras and I said, you know, you know, you know real when you see real. That's the part of me that they that they hate. Because they don't like it when you see the real, because they don't like the real to be seen. Because most people like to hide the real because the real is always what gets hurt. The real is what we don't understand. The real is, you know, the real is what we push under the baby. You know, we put it over by the baby and leave it. You know, the real is uh, is difficult. The real is the real that says it says this: surrender, give it up. Every minute, I want it all. One world. That's the only way that we're going to survive. One world government. One money. One computer. One zoo. One prison. One person. One. If not, I'm going to sneak out on you. And when I sneak out, I'm just going to fucking kill and party until it's over. Because if you don't do it this way, there ain't no that. There ain't no two of nothing. There ain't no two of nothing. There's only one. There's one Japan. I got it already. I got five samurais in this same fucking hallway. I've already locked them. From Crap to the emperor. I've already got it. To Germany. I've already got Germany. I've got France. I've got it all locked right here like a big octopus. I'm uh I'm a little lost at what Charlie's going for here, but that New World Order stuff was interesting. I don't know if he was for it or if he was playing a character that 
was evil that would be for it. Cause I know that that new world order stuff is supposed to be big with the old, uh, end of times type stuff. If you recall, I've already locked it. I've locked it down. That's the ghost. That's Idi Amin. That's Jomo Kenyatta. That's Mau Mau. That's African. That's the world. That's a black star that shines all around the world. You dig what I'm saying? I got a white star over here. Shining all the way to Norway. All the way to the palace. All the way to Sweden. All the way to Latin America. Everywhere. The only person that won't surrender is you. You won't give it up because you still want to be the man. Right. We both can't be the man. You're going to have to either be the man or the woman. To be the man, you got to beat the man. If you want to be the woman, if you can do it, you know, I mean, for the treaties, you know, whatever I got to do, uh, whatever how I can serve, but I serve this house all the way to the end, and I keep serving to the end. All you keep doing is picking up and making stupid movies out of me for TV policemen. You keep making TV a hundred cops out of me for some stupid fucking ignorant ass fucking silly ass fucking thing that's not doing anything for nobody. It's not helping anything. We got to stop cutting the trees now. And the only way to do it is stand up on top of the world and say, do it. Only way we're going to do it is, okay, okay, only way. (laughs) Charlie lost his microphone because he jumped up too quick. And uh, he's getting ready for a big dramatic speech about save the world. You know, uh, you know, you know, the trees are important. Feeding our lungs with the oxygen. Um, he's about to go on his own little uh, save the save the earth, kill yourself tirade, um, which always makes me chuckle. But like, yeah, they point out he dropped his mic, and he's like, he's about to be. He's like, I dig, I dig, I, I realize. <laughs> Charlie knew he, it's funny that he held hope for as long as he did. You know, Charlie's a figure that you see, you just see him in interviews and the way he was 
perceived in the media and who he kind of really is and such. And you go, man, this dude's fucking, they would never let this dude out of prison. Like, you know, it, like it's one of those around the time you're finding out, you know, about Santos Claus might not be real. You find it out that uh, Charlie Claus could be. Don't think they'll ever let you out of here. If they let me out, what they gonna do? He's killing, he's drilling, he's covered in blood. Listen, I gotta go. Don't be offended by anything I said. Because if this glass wasn't here, if the glass wasn't here, I would have said half of this stuff. You see, that's very kind of weird. Um, I think that I think what he meant by that is that he wouldn't have said half that stuff because he probably would have just been smacker. I think that's what he was going for, um, which is gangster as fuck. You know what I mean? Not good, but like you know, that's some that's some bad. Like he said, he's a bad dude. He's cold. He's fucking cold to the touch. You know what I mean? Charlie's fucking he's something else, you know what I mean? That's his deal. We're dealing with the majesty of the whole world. That's his vibe, Dougie. It's not only me, I'm just one of, of all the exes. There's all kinds of other people doing it. We're not just we didn't just come here with just me alone. Bobby Bosley from France is here. Yeah. He's eating them all down. He's got nine, he's got dead people in the bush. He's killing them. He's brilliant. He's covered with blood. Bobby I mean, so he's riding his bike. He's got his motorcycles over there doing other. I got shit going on in this motherfucking country, man. I'm not just locked up in a cell. I can see many, many just in one little piece, you know, to dust off the end of it, you know. Listen, I gotta go.
be offended by anything I said. Because if this glass wasn't here, if the glass wasn't here, I wouldn't have said half that stuff. What an interesting character. Uh, for sure. You know what I mean? Charlie's definitely that dude. I was just caught, I was just caught in amazement myself there of just him kind of, just the way he kind of, you know, I'm always, it's the, it's the after things. It's the after the cameras are supposedly off. You know, it's when the interview's over, you know, because you go, often get a vibe that Charlie's kind of just dealing with these reporters and interviewers to be able to put his message out to the audience and his plea and his, you know, um, you know, his innocence. Um, so it's very, so like there's a, there's a, there's an on, you know what I mean? So I'm always interested to see that, that the few moments you get at the end, so to speak, um, where he, if you, if he, if he was to come out of character, that's where you'd catch it. You know what I mean? Uh, but yeah, that line about how he wouldn't have said as much, you know, I guess it could be taken on different ways. You could say almost him, him admitting that playing it up for the cameras, you know what I mean? Like, you know, if I wasn't behind this glass and that's why you're interviewing me now because of what I did, but if it wasn't in this situation, I wouldn't have done that. But I, the way he smiled and, you know, Knowing Charlie being Charlie type stuff, I get the vibe that it, it was more along the lines before where it was a situation where he's just like, I wouldn't be complaining about uh, you talking back. I'd be smacking you type deal. And I think that's why he had that, that sinister little laugh with it, you know, <clears throat> but that right there uh, closes up another episode of Maddie and the Manson. You know what I mean? With Michelle Ben Horan from the 1992 interview. Charlie in the box. You know what I mean? Nobody puts Charlie in the box. That's that's, uh, that's no go. Sorry, Jack Chuck is back. You know what I mean? But uh, all right. We hope all is well out there. We'll catch you all next episode. With uh, We'll have more of the boys back with us uh doing it so yeah cool beans uh y'all want anybody want to be on a be on an episode of behold the pale podcast head up the facebook page we're looking for folks to come on uh talk about subjects they want to get into you know what i mean or uh drop us a line on something some stuff you might want to hear you know what i mean but i think uh i think some of the boys will be getting out of you know they're in lockup right now and uh um, slowly but surely, we're dropping big money at the show. The budget is through the roof, but we're getting these folks out. They were they were wrongly convicted of heinous crimes. Um, you know, I think somebody's out to get them, maybe for doing the show. You never know. You know what I mean? But uh, we're going to get a couple of them out of there. A couple of the other ones, some of the crimes are real big. It'll take, uh, take more lawyers and more money to get them out, but um, we're going to see what we can do and hopefully get everybody back soon. But with that being said, uh, tune in. Same old Behold time and that next Behold week where we have another episode for you. Nah, I mean...
I believe that this was one ordeal of a big injustice called how we crucified Manson. Yeah, no, justice is a two-edged thing, you know. Uh, how are you going to say justice one way and not say justice the other way? I mean, let me say this to you. You got a Hindu word that they use in, in, in Hinduism, karma, the will, the balance of will in God. Is it an individual thing or is it a family thing or collective thing or does it get off into the world? You see, in other words, like you have individual karma that people judge the world karma by. They put the world karma down on me, judge me and say, I'm responsible for the generation of the 60s. They're holding on to me. They're all scared to death. Without me, they'd go crazy. I'm holding all their minds. I'm you remember the story about the fool on the hill? Everybody used to go by and make jokes at him and crack fun at him and get off on him all the time. And then pretty soon he looked up and he was gone and the whole place burned down and everybody went crazy because he was holding their minds. They're weak. They're weak in their minds. They're like chickens. They got to have somebody to pick on all the time. And when they don't have someone to pick on or pick on, you know, and then they, you know, they look around and where they're going to flex their muscles, you know, where's the mirror at? You know, they got to have the mirror, you know. Let me try to communicate this. Every one of you people that walked out on that street, you take your rights for granted. You walk up and down the highway and you park your cars and you live your life according to your checkbooks and your accounts and your banks and so on. And one little guy like me that don't read and write too well loses his rights down in the basement. You don't really don't care about that. You don't care if I'm down in solitary confinement or if I got my teeth knocked out or whether I got burned up or whether I'm whatever. You don't really care. All you care about is your own individual rights. But when you take my rights, it's just a matter of time so someone folds yours down. Why do you think it is that your rights were taken away from you? I didn't get a trial, woman. I didn't get to call one witness. I didn't get one day of a defense in a courtroom. Not one day of a defense in a courtroom. I didn't get to call one witness. You know why I didn't get to call a witness? Oh, don't start. Uh, uh, why don't you, why don't you, uh, bam, you got to smack you right in your mouth right now. No, I would, I would. And ain't nobody in the fucking world doing fucking anybody except him. I smack you in your fucking mouth and make you understand what I'm saying to you, see? Because that's the only way you want to understand. You want I knew I didn't want to do this interview with you because I knew he was going to cop this attitude on me, which, you did what I'm saying? You cop yourself better than you, and I know more than you. You don't know half of what I'm talking about. Now listen, which, 